Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Cannabis Boomers podcast, where we find guests who talk about wellness and cannabis, and we do that uh, as often as we can. This week, we have a very special episode. It's episode 18, and we have Abby Epstein, production partner with Ricky Lake on the new documentary film, Weed the People. As you'll hear us mention, you can now watch Weed the People via iTunes, Amazon, and several other online channels, and I really hope you do it. I saw it a month or two ago, and I was kind of blown away. It's a very human take on cannabis as a medicine that can help save lives. We're sort of at this weird point in time where the public understands that cannabis is, doesn't make you a bad person if you use it, and not only that, it can actually save lives. And this film follows several kids on, on a journey, a five-year journey, with their cancer, and it's really eye-opening to see how cannabis helps and, and what it takes to administer it in this sort of underground way, which is still the case. So as we evolve our understanding of this plant and how to best use it, this is a film that's going to advance everyone's understanding. So it does deserve to be watched, and I hope you can go ahead and watch it. Special thanks again to our producer, Danny, in Milwaukee, who always makes us sound good. This week, I also stole his line about CBD being the new pumpkin spice. Thanks, Danny. Without further ado, here's our interview with Abby Epstein. This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast, CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. Well, I was able to see it uh, when you had sort of a sneak preview on YouTube last month or so. Oh, yeah, and, the OV, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's one of those hard sell topics. I mean, not everybody wants to sit down and watch a movie about kids with cancer, but when you yeah. give yourself that um, license to do that, it's a really compelling story, I've thought. Yeah. You and Ricky have done this before with the business of being born, so taking a, a, a subject that everybody has some awareness of and just sort of examining it in a new light and, and showing people some things that they might not have known. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of your formula, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think our formula is very much like Ricky and I, I guess, are, you know, I think every all these projects always start in a very personal way. So it's like first, you know, I think we have experience or, or life experiences when we're, you know, really blown away by what we didn't know. And that's really how the business of being born, our first film project together, launched is that, you know, at the time, Ricky had had two births, very different. And, you know, I hadn't been pregnant or had any children yet. And she, you know, really wanted to make this movie that was like everything she wished she had known the first time around, you know, and she really just wanted to share her journey with other women because she just had been so blown away by what she was able to experience with the right kind of advocacy and the right kind of information. And, you know, we never expected that film to have the lasting massive impact that it has today. And it's like almost not a day goes by that somebody doesn't come up to Ricky or I, you know, or write us an email and, and say that that film changed their life profoundly in some way. So I think with Weed the People, you know, it was a sort of a similar backstory where I, Ricky was really trying to help this little girl 
who had become a fan of hers on Dancing with the Stars. And um, this little girl was like so precious and she had this disease called NF1 and was going through chemo. And there was just really no treatment for her disease. And so Ricky and her late husband, Christian, started researching everything they could about what could possibly help this little girl and like stumbled across CBD and, you know, CBD oil. And it just became this whole like journey of self-discovery where they discovered, you know, doctors who were working with this. And then they took this little girl up to Mendocino to meet with them. And, you know, somewhere along the journey, Ricky just called me and said, you know, you can't believe what we're seeing. And I said, I think we just have to like grab our camera crew and just start filming this because this is potentially a movie. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how that started. And so I think a lot of it is just really following our own thread and our, and our own discoveries and, you know, wanting to share with others, like all of these doors that, that we've opened. I think you guys were ahead of the curve a bit. I mean, uh, like a friend of mine said, CBD is the new pumpkin spice. It's it's mm-hmm. everywhere right now. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Sanjay Gupta did a series of specials on CNN along the same lines where there were some kids with Dravet syndrome yep. seizuring, you know, hundreds of times a day. Yep. And nobody's against that. Nobody with a heart or any compassion. And here is a medicine that seems to address it that, you know, obviously does address it when you talk to the parents who say it's the closest thing to a cure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think we can say that cannabis is a cure for cancer, but it does have properties that help fight the disease. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a story that needs telling, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely does. And I mean, I think that at this point, the, you know, the, the thing with cannabis and cancer, and we chose to focus on cancer because we were just really amazed by these anti-tumor properties um, that the plant possessed. And that to us was really fascinating. And even though the first story that came our way wasn't cancer, it was actually NF1, you know, then the next story ended up to be this baby with a brain tumor. And so we didn't really plan on it, but that's just, you know, where the film ended up going. And and we did film some um, epileptic kids in Israel and we did film, you know, some other situations. But when we were putting the film together, it just kind of felt like with cannabis, even though it really is effective for a lot of conditions, you know, if you start talking about it in this sort of like snake oil way of like, oh, and it helps Crohn's and it helps, you know, colitis and it's uh, cancer and, and you know, just start naming off all these conditions, then it, it really loses a lot of specificity and it starts to, I think, sound like snake oil. So that's why we just chose, you know, let's just do this pediatric cancer world um, because we've got these amazing families and the stakes are so high. And then of course, most importantly, whenever you're dealing with children, it erases the stigma around, you know, medical marijuana. And then it really humanizes the story in a way that, you know, sometimes stories about adults, you know, are, are harder to do because people bring all of their 
judgments and, you know, there are different biases um, about the plant, you know, into how they interpret those stories. Right. The way you describe the how it came together is a little interesting to me that you've got so you've got the resources to say let's get a film crew up there and you have the time and and the independence to zero in in sort of a journalistic way and say let's really explore the story without having to ask anybody's permission you guys just decided to tell the story yeah well you know and i think it's it's a really it's a very hard story to tell because i think you know any documentary that's worth its salt if you're going to try to do it in a way that is like, I don't know, backed by cable television or company, you know, there's always going to be these strings and it's just challenging, you know, and that's kind of what happened with the business of being born is that we did have a big television deal for that film in the beginning with a major network. And as we started going through the process, we realized that we couldn't say what we wanted to say because of all of the advertisers um, on cable television. So their biggest advertisers are, you know, pharmaceutical companies and other, you know, and they basically just said to us, we cannot indict the medical industrial complex in any way. We just can't. And so we were like, okay, well, that's just not the film we're going to make. So we're just going to take a much harder road and we're going to raise all the money ourselves and we're going to make the movie ourselves because we need to tell it like it is. Otherwise, there's like no point of making a, a documentary. Um, so it's a little bit the same thing, you know, with Weed the People. I mean, you know, weed is trending and, you know, people like these stories. But, you know, we didn't want to do the stuff that we were seeing on Vice. And, you know, we didn't want a sensationalized story. Like, we wanted a really specific story. So, again, we just went at it a really kind of slow plotting challenging way which was like taking over five years you know to consistently keep fundraising and starting and stopping and fundraising and you know for this film it worked for us because we were then able to follow these families over many years um so you could really see some real progress and you see the kids grow up and you know it, it worked but i mean these films are you know so daunting to make independently um, and then I think even when you make them, you know, we've had a significant amount of pushback and backlash trying to even promote Weed the People um, in many, many ways, you know, because of the title, because of people's assumptions about weed, because, you know, Facebook buries it and pulls all your ads off. And, you know, it's it's still like challenging um, to get these to get these stories out there. Oh, for sure. Uh, even with Ricky's notoriety and her knowledge of Hollywood and how the, all that stuff works, which I think probably gives you a big leg up. But as you say, it's a five-year project. You're you're funding it kind of yourselves. And those are some big obstacles to overcome. Uh, and, and the ongoing stigma. I mean, you know, you couldn't have done this 20 years ago. The science has caught up, but people are still unaware of it. We're still living in a where Jeff Sessions was attorney general until several months ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was in the film at one point, And then I was <laughs> like, you know what? Take him out, because by the time this film is released, he'll be gone. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just saying, you know, good people don't smoke marijuana. Um, mm -hmm. That just shows that he does not understand. This is yeah. a medicine. It helps people mm -hmm. 
live and survive. Yeah. If you're against it, you're going to have a lot of opposition. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I mean, look, I think, you know, what we try to show in the film is build a real legitimate case. You know, for us, it's like we wanted this to be sort of the inconvenient truth of medical marijuana. You know, we wanted this to be a real game changer film that could play to, you know, a real wide variety of audiences, which it has. I mean, we, we played this movie in Oklahoma City. We, you know, they ended up passing the referendum in Oklahoma City a few weeks after we went and did all this press there and ran the film there. You know, we were, um, went to London this summer and screened the film for Parliament because, you know, the British government is now passing regulations. And, you know, one of the, um, you know, advocates behind the compassion bill, you know, heard about the film and wanted to show it to lawmakers. And we're now showing it to lawmakers all over the U.S. And, you know, so we we that's what we really set out to do is like to really um, make a film that was sort of like undeniably make a case for this as a human rights issue would humanize the issue, would let people see the face of, of marijuana as medicine in a, in a whole different way. Um, and I think, you know, people are, are outraged in a sense, you know, when they do see the movie, because it's outrageous how much science existed for years. I mean, we're talking years, you know, there was really compelling science um, on this, you know, and as many people know, even the U.S. government filed a patent on CBD in 2003. So it's like there's so much hypocrisy and there's been so much burying of this. And if anything, you know, I think this movie makes a case for, you know, why in the world aren't we studying this? And, you know, this prohibition at this point is is criminal it's cruel and it's criminal yeah there's that side of it it's like it's like a no-brainer this film had to be made it was a necessity but then there's still obviously so many hardships and obstacles in the way so mm-hmm. um i'm really glad to hear that it's having an impact i mean i watched it as a proponent and it just humanized the whole story you know you talk about the research which is oftentimes abstract but here are real people and like you said you see them over five years and the other reality is most of us are going to know people who are afflicted with cancer or some other disease that this plant is going to help and it's just time for people to realize that Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the secondary problems is that like now, you know, people see the movie or they hear about this and then, you know, you're just kind of inundated because just so many people want information. They want help. They want dosing. They want a prescriber. They want to get the medicine. Where do I buy it? How do I start doing this? Um you know, it's tragic. I'm, I'm helping a family right now. They have a terminal um, eight-year-old boy and it's, they're in Virginia and, you know, we're able to get them some medicine and, but it's just, you know, the mom was like basically reaching out yesterday because she just doesn't know how much to give him and the kid's screaming in pain and he's on all these other drugs and, 
you know, I just, I feel like it's still very um, underground. And, um, you know, one of the things, one of the obstacles that we faced in the film was, you'll see like in the movie, we literally have as many doctors and medical professionals and oncologists and scientists and researchers as we could possibly get on camera. But generally, you know, when a lot of the families are being treated at certain hospitals, we were just completely blocked. And not only were we blocked, but like the physicians and the oncologists who were really amazed by the results that they were seeing were also blocked from talking to us by the hospitals. So it's like you see there's this kind of embargo on, you know, free speech around cannabis and there's this real fear around it in the medical community. Um, and there's no education around it. And there's very few doctors or oncologists that are actually interested in learning about this, <laughs> you know? And I, and I think that that's a huge problem because we've got, you know, a public that is just experimenting with this plant and getting great results and, you know, I, I, I just, I wish that there were just more um, people, you know, I wish there were more practitioners, like being trained and, and learning how to work with this to offer more resources, because, you know, I think that's going to be like now the next big issue. Um, and with legalization coming in everywhere, I mean, it's just crushing medical crushing it. So you'll see like, you know, two of the um, cannabis providers that we profile in the movie, I mean, they can't even get anything manufactured anymore. You know, it's like they're, they're just struggling like crazy because all the legalization regula regulations have come in and crushed them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very chaotic moment. It's there's really so much potential and so much hope and excitement in what this plant can do. Um, but there's real chaos right now around access and, and regulation. Yeah. I know in California uh, where I am, there's 35% taxes on a lot of stuff. So you have yeah. people going to other sources, but back to what you were talking about in terms of, just medical practices. Yeah. It's still too much of a last resort. I mean, in, in most doctors, I've interviewed medical doctors who say, you know, it's not taught in medical school. Maybe 15% no. of medical schools are teaching it at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, my own father has cancer and I talked to that oncologist and he equated CBD with THC. He didn't know there was any difference. No. So, yeah. I'm not yeah, surprised. Absolutely. Un, um, uninformed on on it and i think that's probably the, the standard in most of medicine right now yeah. um, but you know films like yours are going to get the word out and it hopefully it won't be a last resort it'll be more of a frontline treatment um, yeah. at some point i really hope so you know i mean i i screened this film I and mean, we screened it for so many audiences and and people are just lined up in the aisles lined up after the movie, you know, wanting to talk, wanting to ask their questions about their, you know, specific conditions. And like most of these people are over 50, you know, um, it's really, you know, very interesting. And, and I think that 
it's 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 hard to convince you know an older person who's been biased a certain way you know that this is something that they should try and this is like a serious medicine but i'll tell you i mean i know cancer patients aside from the ones we followed in the film that will tell you that like there are very clinical results happening you know extremely clinical. There's clinical trials, but there's also clinical results happening with patients. I mean, yes, it's anecdotal, but, you know, like one patient that we've been tracking um, in New York, you know, it's like they have a stage four cancer and have been doing chemo, 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 and then all of a sudden throw CBD and THC in the mix and all of a sudden get 30% shrinkage on their tumors. So, you know, the oncologist is basically saying, well, this is very clinical. Like, these are clinical results, you know? I mean, you're taking a chemo that doesn't shrink the tumors. And then, you know, you, it's it's like, I, I think that because the plan is so safe and because so many people are really seeing very tangible results, it's like nobody is going to wait for these studies. Nobody is going to sit around for 17 years, you know, waiting for something to go through a whole like FDA drug process when they can just, you know, go to dispensary and, and buy this and try it, you know? Right. Well, and I've heard someone say, well, you know, it's really everyone's clamoring for studies, but this has been the longest clinical trial in history and yeah. no one's died yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. And I think, look, I mean, obviously it doesn't work for everybody. You can see even in our little film, you know, it did not doesn't work for all the, all the patients. But, you know, so much of it is just right now hit or miss, but I think one of, you know, the most powerful uh, messages in the film and one of the most powerful scenes is, you know, looking at how these people are able to get off, you know, uh, a huge load of toxic, toxic medication. They're able to actually get off all of this addictive, you know, opiate medication with small doses of cannabis. And that's miraculous, you know? And I think that's criminal, that there are people that are really, you know, suffering with side effects and addiction and overdose and, and death, you know, from just pain medications, you know? And here's something natural and non-toxic that could potentially replace that. And, and nobody knows that that's true and nobody knows how to get it and nobody's encouraged to try it, you know, unless you really go seek this out on your own or know somebody who's, who's had experience. It seems a little scary. And this isn't a conspiracy theory podcast, but boy, you have to wonder, you know, you mentioned the medical industrial complex and the lobbyists for the pharma companies and the poison that's being pumped into people. Mm -hmm. Chemo is an awful thing. It beats the hell out of you. And mm -hmm. here is a plant that um, ha has efficacy that doesn't hurt you. Mm -hmm. It's very personalized, you know. Each person is going to have a different experience, but it's not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt you at all. Mm -hmm. No, no. And I mean, and I think it's it's important, like, you know, some of it is not is not even conspiracy. I mean, there are groups in Arizona, you know, insist companies that are making opiates that are openly supporting 
lobbying to actually kill medical marijuana bills. You know, it's, it's direct competition for pharmaceuticals. So that's not even conspiracy theory. That's very out in the open. But I think what's important and what the film brings up is that, you know, we need to look more toward, you know, integrative medicine. And I think that it's not just black and white. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do like Western, you know, hardcore allopathic or I'm just going to do all this plant stuff. No, I mean, you know, and, and I think that's what's important in our film that we really show that everybody in the film is doing Western allopathic medicine. Everybody in the film is doing chemo. Everybody in the film is, you know, doing every everything that they can. You know, nobody's like foregoing any kind of, of treatment. And I think that there are, you know, what they're seeing is there's a great synergy in these treatments. And there are some cases when, you know, there's one story in the film where they try um, cannabis alone and they don't have a good effect. And then they start chemo and the cannabis and chemo together seem to have this like synergistic effect on the tumor, you know? So, I mean, chemo also comes from plants. So it's like, there's, there's, um, you know, just an idea that there's so much, um, still to be done, to be explored, you know, but at this point, I, I think it just feels like, you know, anybody, anybody really who's like facing, you know, cancer, any of these diseases should, should try this. Um, and, and not wait for it to be a last resort, you know, should really try this, um, you know, in, in the sort of first line of, of attack, I think. Yeah, I think we're legal in 32 or 33 states now mm -hmm. uh, for medicinal purposes. So the pendulum is swinging towards, I think, full legalization someday. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, even candidates for... A president are coming out and saying, um, you know, that they're in favor of cannabis. So mm -hmm. uh, hopefully it's a matter of time. I mean, the, you know, some of what we've talked about, too, the, the pharma companies have 70 years of propaganda on their side. Uh, yeah. You know, the official government response, uh, the war on drugs and all that stuff is still really not over. There's still people incarcerated and, and being arrested. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work to be done. Oh yeah. There's a lot of work to be done. There's, I mean, there's so many levels to it, you know, I mean, with restorative justice and political levels and, you know, and I think in our film, we were just like, there've been a lot of good drug policy films made and a lot of films about the drug war. And, you know, we were just like, let's just focus on the human story. You know, let's just look at the toll this is taking on regular people, you know, regular people, um, trying to keep their, you know, kids healthy, get their kids well, and trying to seek out, you know, every possible tool in the toolbox. Um, and, and, and let's look at it from, from that angle, you know? Um, and so well, that's yeah. what we did. It's, it's you and me and our neighbors and our mm -hmm. families. It's, it's all of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what can each of us do to help make sure that everyone has access to this safe, effective, affordable medicine? I mean, I think the train has left the station. So, you know, my feeling is that you know, this, this movement used to be really pushed by advocacy, you know, and advocates and, and people, you know, fighting the fight and lobbying and, um, 
trying to make change and trying to make this plan accessible. And, and now I think the train has left the station. I actually think it's business and money that's pushing this forward. Um, truly. And, you know, I know when we screened the film for Parliament this summer, you know, everybody in the room was like a Canadian banker. It's, you know, it's just that's that's where it is. Everyone's racing to have the next IPO and to the next state that's about to open legalization. And so what I'm really worried about, what I hope that we do is I hope that, you know, within all of this new green rush, I, I hope that, you know, we can lobby for medical in a real way. Um, you know, I hope people will see the value of this. And I, and I hope that as, you know, as legality turns, whether it's federal legality, whether they, you know, deschedule cannabis from schedule one, I just hope like people in their communities and their towns will, you know, support regulation that, that gives a real educational and safe um, and caring space for people who are really trying to go and learn about this medicine and use it to heal. Because I think that, you know, there's a place for dispensaries and that's great. And there's a lot of people who just want to go in and get a brownie and, you know, they just want to relax and they just want to go in and buy some flour and that's fine. You know, that's one kind of clientele, but the people that I'm more around are the people who are like wanting to try this for their kid who has autism and wanting to try this for their, you know, aunt who has Parkinson's. And I, I'm, you know, worried about those people. I want those people, you know, to have centers and, and places that they can go where, you know, they can receive education and they can get safe, clean medicine and they can afford the medicine and it's not going to cost them $3,000 a month, you know, to, to keep their illness in check. I mean, so I, I almost think it's like at this point that the activism almost needs to happen, I think, you know, on a regulatory level, um, because it's, it's very difficult to, even when we were doing some screenings up in Mill Valley at Mill Valley Film Festival, you know, and you'd think that Marin County, Northern California, right? So liberal, but like there were a whole group of moms that um, came to the screening and they were telling us how they can't get any dispensaries open anywhere. Um, and these are people that want to get medicine for their children. You know, these were all moms that just want somewhere to get medicine for the children, but the town, you know, they won't open them anywhere because there's too much protest. So they've just got these delivery services, you know, and that's not really the right, a delivery service for a sick child, you know, that it's not the right fit. So it's like, there's this real clash, you know, of people misunderstanding what this is for and what the clientele is and like, oh, we're gonna have a dispensary and it's gonna like ruin our neighborhood and bring down you know, bring all these low life people into the neighborhood. And I understand that mentality, but that's why, you know, I, I, I think there needs to be some real activism around, you know, how this is regulated and how this is, is protected um, to be a medicine and, and a healing agent. And that's a tall order. I mean, considering the state of our healthcare system as it is, 
we have some of the best technology in the world and in the, the, the brightest minds, but we still don't do a great job of delivering care. And you talked about sort of the underground aspect of this to this point where it's people in, in sort of desperate circumstances who are willing to try anything. Yeah. And the big gulf that we have to cross to get to a place where we're going to need legislative solutions. We're going to need a healthcare system that mobilizes. On the other hand, you can grow it in your backyard and Mm -hmm. make your own oil and and do do some of those things that people have done for thousands of years. Yeah. And we know more now. We have an endocannabinoid system. We know there are deficiencies. We have more knowledge than ever accessible to us over the internet. So it's a complicated picture for sure. It is. No, it really is very complicated. And, um, you know, I'm just discouraged a little bit because even from when we made the film, you know, the people who are in the film, you know, making medicine for patients, custom making medicine, donating medicine, you know, hand delivering medicine to sick kids, they can't do that anymore. California regulations won't let them do that. They can't donate medicine. They can't sell it directly. They can't deliver it. It all has to go through dispensary. It's all taxed like crazy. I mean, it's just, you know. I've heard other people say it should not be illegal to cure people, you know. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's true. It should not be. It should not be, you know. And so I really, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, Tom. I just feel like, you know, Look, I mean, I think there's always going to exist this kind of um, medical tourism. Do you know what I mean? And and people are going to go to Israel if they think Israel has better scientists and better cannabis medicine. And I think that, you know, if some states get it right or if there's some amazing, you know, dispensary in Northern California that has fabulous nurses and doctors and education and, you know, then people will just travel there. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I think it will, you know, it'll just model over different places. But I'm talking, you know, I was at a cannabis event in New York last week and everybody's gearing up here for it to go legal in the next five months or, you know, to vote on legality. And, you know, there were more investors in the room than cannabis brands. just everybody wants to invest, you know, and everybody's waiting for this, you know, legality. But I was talking to some of the medical um, dispensaries and it's like, they're just trying to figure it out. You know, they're trying to figure out like, what does the model look like? And, you know, how does this work? And do we have a room in the front where we just sell CBD products and then you need a card to get in the back? And, you know, they're all just trying to figure it out. But there were a lot of patients at this event that were just giving them feedback, you know, and explaining as patients, you know, how they want to feel when they walk in somewhere. So, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to take some time. Even Canada, I was just in Canada a few weeks ago. And, you know, even though, they went legal in January. I mean, it's it's total chaos in Canada. Nobody understands anything <laughs> from, you know, like territory to territory. It's massive confusion. And again, yeah. it's super overregulated. They have crazy, crazy rules around stuff, you know? Like, it's, so it's just, look, you know, it's all new and it's, it's all going to take some time. But I just think right now what people need to do is like look around look what's important you know why do you go to these cannabis investor events and it's all like white men 
And why are all the people of color sitting in prisons? You know, it's just like you, we, people need to look at the social justice piece of this and look at the medical piece of this. And, you know, to me, those are the, the, the two biggest pieces in the whole kind of, you know, cannabis conundrum. Right. The green rush is on and we'll see how that shakes out. Your film is a, is a really great snapshot of where we are right now to five years ago and the landscape that's there. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to, uh, we talked about it at the top of the show, but it's on iTunes. It's on um, all Amazon. Yeah. Amazon Prime, Voodoo, iTunes, Vimeo, anywhere you can, you can rent. It's, it's there. It really deserves to be seen and talked about and, uh, it'll give people a, a real understanding of, of some of these issues. And it tells a story that just needs to be told. Thank you for telling that story. And can you tell us about your next project? And also, um, where can we find you online? Sure. So, well, our website is um, weedthepeoplemovie.com. So don't go to weedthepeople.com because I don't know where that will lead you. <laughs> you have to go to <laughs> weedthepeoplemovie.com. Dot com. Um, so that's our website. You can contact us there. You can see um, how to get involved, how to host a screening, how to rent the movie, where to see it. All of that's on our our website. Um, and Ricky and I are, you know, always reachable through that. And uh, Ricky and I are just in the editing process, the final editing stages of our new film. Um, which is looking at the birth control pill. So again, we're looking at, you know, hormonal birth control, birth control pills and rings and patches and, you know, all these products that I think were so revolutionary in the 60s and 70s and really changed so much about the status of women um, women in the workforce, male-female relationships, I mean, just had a huge impact on society. And I think that um, they've been sort of very complacently <laughs> um, accepted um, and are, you know, used so wise, so widely. And what we're looking at in, in the film is really, you know, now that we've had these products on the market for the last 50 plus years, you know, why isn't anything new being innovated? Um, and I think what we're seeing now is a real awakening in health consciousness and consciousness around endocrine disruptors, um, around the environment. And, um, you know, people are more woke in a sense to hormonal health. And, you know, I think younger generations of women are now really um, not interested in these kind of products and they're not interested in, in, you know, being on synthetic hormones for decades of their lives. So we're looking at, you know, what are the larger health repercussions, um, of taking these medications for many years and, you know, what are potential other, other options? Well, that sounds really interesting too. I mean, you, you've got a knack for finding things that people sort of take for granted and I think deserve a closer look. Uh, the conventional wisdom might be, oh, this is just how it is. But as a team, you're obviously 
really taking a good hard look at some things that deserve that sort of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you again for being a guest. I think the film is going to be, We the People is going to be a huge catalyst um, as, as your other work has been in just opening people's eyes and hopefully instigating some action of the type that we spoke about, just um, leading to more governmental involvement and more conversations among neighbors and just a greater understanding of of this medicine and what it does. Thank you, Abby. Appreciate it. Good luck on the next film, too. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.